1: Chad Bettis threw two pitches for Colorado and did so nearly four hours into the game on Wednesday night, a double by Bogart's intentional walk requiring just the home plate umpire pointing at first, but then the next pitch, uh, walk-off single Michael Chavis. Had he done it at 11:11, that would have been really cool. He always makes a wish at 11:11 a.m. and p.m. considers that his lucky thing. Well, the Chavis-Chavis bell actually rung at 10-57 instead, and that was absolutely fine. Hail to the chief! Sox win in 10. they split with Colorado. We review it right now. It's your
0: Daily Sox Podcast. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. It's where you're going to find out what the Sox are doing. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. It's your Daily Sox Podcast.
1: About you guys, but how much fun are you having watching Michael Chavis just smash his way onto the scene? Where it all goes from here, nobody knows, but for now, thank you for coming to Lowe's. Relax, enjoy the show. Josh Lewin with you. Chavis, you might remember, had an 0 for 22 his second week at Triple A. He had an 0 for 19 in his third week in the majors. He has steered out of both skids quite nicely, hitting really long home runs. The one the other night, Tuesday. Uh, kind of reminded me, I know this was at Skydome, but Manny Ramirez, anybody remember the 491 in Toronto that he pulled into the top deck of the Skydome? Uh, or Rogers Center, excuse me. That's going to be Chavis when the Red Sox finally get to Toronto. I, I really feel that. Is he Dan Ugla? I have floated that before. If you don't remember Dan Ugla, he was 5'11", 210, second baseman. But like Chavis, kind of built like a soft drink machine. Chavis is listed at 5'10, 210. And Ugla, each of his first six years in the majors, and he debuted around the same age as Chavis, Ugla hammered between 27 and 36 home runs for the Marlins. That's not exactly a, a pitcher's or a, a hitter's park back in the day at the old Dolphin Stadium. He was a decent enough second baseman. He played some other positions, too, when needed. He was only a career two forty-one hitter, and I got to think that's more of Chavis' level with the kind of swing he takes. But as of right now, about four weeks into his big league career, Let's try on 296 and be very happy with that. Of course, he came up, like most infielders do, as a shortstop. But turning shortstops into second baseman is a very common position switch. Justin Pedroia did it. Uh, he was a shortstop in college. And we've talked about this before, but the slide rule at second base now, which debuted in 2016, changed the nature of that position. You can be a less nimble second baseman now, and that is Chavis. Travis Shaw, remember him? Started 36 games at second base for Milwaukee last year. They've used Mike Moustakis there. Uh, Austin Barnes, who was a catcher in the minors, has played parts of 50 games at second base for the Dodgers. So Chavis is just part of that trend. He was the hero, walking it off in the bottom of the 10th after the Red Sox let it get away. They had two in the first, three in the third, took a nice comfy 5 nothing lead for Eduardo Rodriguez, but then two in the fourth, three, and a really messy seventh for Colorado. Bullpen gave it up a little bit. Marcus Walden saved the day. He's been amazing. Two and a third innings, four strikeouts. He retired all seven batters he faced. 0.54 ERA since the Michael Chavis debut of April 20th. One walk, 19 strikeouts, sinister slider. He was great. And at 30 pitches, 21 of them strikes, they figured, okay, that's enough. Let's get Heath Hembry in there. He had to navigate through it. Brandon Workman uh, eventually at the end coming on to throw the final nine pitches, only three of them for strikes, by the way, but he gets a win as the Red Sox come back in the 10th. They almost won it in the 9th. Crazy play as Betts blooped a ball down the left field line. Benintendi was going to score. He was running on contact with two outs from first base. But the ball kind of getting in between a bunch of fielders. Trevor Story got hurt chasing it. The ball finds its way into the left field seats down that sidewall at Fenway. It was probably the only ballpark where that is an automatic double bouncing into the crowd. And by the way, small pet peeve, that's an automatic double. Anytime a ball bounces and goes into the crowd, that's not a ground rule double. Ground rule is something particular to a particular ballpark. Every double or every ball that hits and bounces into the stands everywhere, that's a double. So they call that an automatic double. Just a you know small small thing just to be a dork, and, and nobody's better at that than I am. The uh, the Red Sox, with uh, we mentioned Chavis eventually winning it. Xander Bogarts set it up. He began the inning with that double off the center field wall. J.D. Martinez, another home run, and he has just been fantastic. He's home run in each of his last three games, four home runs total. That matches a career-long streak for him. 17 runs batted in in his last 17 games. He has uh, five homers now in his last seven. That was a drought of 15 games without that was right before. Benintendi and Betts combined to go five for nine. They had combined to go 0 for 11 the night before with six strikeouts, so this was better. And Rodriguez was okay, six innings, nine hits. Uh, he only walked one. He struck out 10. That is a season high, and I like the, the only one walk thing. He extended his scoreless streak to 15 before he allowed a couple in the fourth inning. At least they kept Nolan Arenado in the yard this time. I love watching that guy play. Now, I don't know about you guys, but you've probably heard the story. He almost played for Alex Cora for Puerto Rico in the uh, 2017 World Baseball Classic. He tried to recruit him. Arenado's won a gold glove each of his six seasons with the Rockies. He's been an all-star for the past four Signed that eight-year, $260 million contract extension this spring. Second highest paid player in the game by annual average value, or what they call now AAV, about $32.5 million. I think the guy's worth it. And watch out, because Mookie Betts is, is coming. He's going to get paid sometime pretty soon, too. Who else? Uh, Christian Vasquez, two for four. Yeah, Christian Vasquez is a two ninety hitter, guys. And he keeps throwing out base runners, too. We got Ian Desmond to end the sixth inning. He's throwing out six of the last eight that have tried to run on him. So real good stuff there. But uh, I think we got to take it to Michael Chavis and get his take on how it all ended. Let's join him now. He met with the guys after the game through the magic of a post-game radio show. All right,
0: Michael. Congratulations. Your first uh, career walk-off. What was your approach there?
1: Uh,
2: Just kind of keeping things simple. I hadn't seen Vettis before. So uh, I literally looked at the scouting report like two seconds before walking up didn't even get to track a pitch because they walked Evers before I even got on deck, so uh, I was just trying to get a good pitch to hit, and uh, in my mind, I was thinking a single scores him, no bogey uh, bogey can run, so uh, it all worked out on the first pitch.
1: You know, Michael, I was just talking about, I think it was that, that, that single in the seventh as well, you know, there are times when you take chances and maybe you can miss a slider, but then you get back into your approach and you lay off that same pitch two times in a row. Is that just something that you've always had control of, the strike zone?
2: Somewhat, yeah. It's something that I've grown on, and something I've definitely gotten better on. But uh, it just kind of it deter- it, uh, it depends on the situation, you know. Uh, some situations you can let it loose a little bit more, get a little uh, expand the zone maybe. But uh, you fall two strikes. I think that was a three two slider, the one you're talking about in the set uh, in the seventh. So uh, you just got to shorten up and just uh, catch a barrel, honestly.
0: Mike, you had bad offer for uh, last week, and uh, then Sunday, a couple of hits fell in opposite field hits, and you've taken off again. Did you make an adjustment?
2: A lot of it was mental, honestly. Um, I did spend some time in the cage on my own, just uh, swinging things out, feeling things out uh, after one of our uh, day games the other day. But um, a lot of it was mental. I was getting my pitch to hit, and I was just missing it, which is why I was falling in some tough counts, which uh, was the main problem during that uh, Ofer thing. But, you know, we don't need to talk about the Ofer. We can focus <laughs> on the positive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because
1: you know, I, I want to talk about you defensively. Now, you got Carlos Fablis and Alex core two great infielders, and you only had six games down in AAA. But – made a couple of great plays here today recently you starting to feel more comfortable there defensively
2: definitely and uh that goes out to like you said Fabs and uh ac also with dustin and Nooney and holt and everybody everybody's been helping me as much as they can which has been incredible i couldn't be more thankful for that as well but um the work that's being put in before the game it, i think that's what's showing up during the game and uh they're doing their best to make me comfortable and make sure i get reps at different areas with shifts and everything like that so uh I'm definitely happy with how things are going.
0: Well, this certainly is a huge win for the team, especially after uh, last night getting such great pitching and uh, then not winning in extra innings. This was really big and a huge thing for the Red Sox.
2: Oh, definitely. I I was saying it in one of the innings, I was like, there's no way we're doing it back-to-back nights. There is no way. And thankfully, I was the one to make sure we didn't. So the legend of the ice horse continues. <laughs> it sure does, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate All right,
0: it. Michael. We'll always love having you on. <laughs> I love being here. It means I did something good. All right. All right. Congratulations. His first career walk off hit for uh, Michael Chavis. All right,
1: that's Chavis. And I love that the first three players to meet Chavis after that game winning hit. It was Mookie. It was David Price and Chris Sale. Let's talk about Chris Sale before we get to Alex Cora. Back to that Tuesday night dynamite. I don't want to gloss this over. First major league pitcher ever with 17 strikeouts in seven innings. Minor leagues, he he has some work to do. If you care, there's a legend of a game from the early 1950s where some dude named Ron Netchai from Monongahela, Pennsylvania, struck out 27 in a nine-inning game. Did it for the Pirates farm team in Bristol, Virginia. Bristol against Welch, West Virginia. Next start, they say he struck out 24, then 20, then 19. So it's 90 strikeouts over four starts. Guy eventually got called all the way up to Pittsburgh that summer went one in six. He developed ulcers and a sore arm, and he never pitched in the majors again. So kind of a sad story, but I just thought I'd regale you with that. They're calling Chris Sale in the clubhouse now, and I love this. They're calling him the conductor because he's, he's punching tickets like a train conductor would every strikeout. That's a, and I know, if you've been on a train, there is no punch card anymore. It's that little uh, slidey thing. It's all very new age now. It goes ding. There's no punching going on, but I like the conductor thing. I really do. And there's some controversy lingering. I don't think it should be because, you know, with 17 strikeouts in seven innings. Some people were saying, let him go out there, at least throw eight innings, see if he can get to 20 and match Clemens and, and Kerry Wood and be part of a very select fraternity. I'm glad that that didn't happen. I, I remember, and I'm sure you guys remember it more, John Farrell's decision a couple of years ago to let Sale chase that 300 strikeout late in September in Baltimore. He got there, but it took him 111 pitches, and he allowed five runs in five innings in his next start. Then he got completely blitzed in game one of the division series against the Astros. Cora went the other way. He picked the safe route, and I like that. An incredible 59 strikeouts in his last 33 innings. Maybe the return of Sandy Leone is part of it. Maybe. I know some people think that, and that's fine, but... Boy, from what was happening the first three or four starts of the season, him talking about how he was an embarrassment, this is so much better. And uh, if you want to go back and listen to yesterday's podcast, there's a lot more info about Chris Sale there. I just thought I'd I'd squeak out a little bit more right here. Now we get to the manager, Alex Cora, whose team has improved to 23-20 and and getting ready for Houston, which is 29-15, and by the way. So Alex Cora... Uh, knowing that this is a big weekend coming up, first enjoying what happened at Fenway Wednesday night.
3: The last inning? Well, bogey aggressive in the first pitch, and uh, you know, he drove that ball. It's something that i like him to do, you know, be aggressive in the strike zone. You know, they're getting ahead of him, and obviously it's very tough to hit behind the count at this level. And then obviously they made a decision with Rafi, testament to who he is. And then, you know, Chavis got a pitch. Elevated. Didn't try. Didn't try to do too much. You know, stay up the middle, and um, you know, we got a happy off day. You know, that's that's a good baseball team. Really good. Um, you know, they they pay attention to details. Yeah, bats are good. I know they struck out and all that, but they 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 keep grinding. They got a good bullpen. They play good defense. You know, so you know, it was a tough series. Obviously, yesterday <clears throat> it was a disappointed. Today. It, it, had the same taste for a while there, but uh, we ended up winning, and now we enjoy the off day and be ready for Friday.
1: What was wrong tonight with with Rodriguez?
3: Um, just that last inning, um, you know. He limited damage earlier in the game. We got all those lefties coming up, and there's a trust factor. There's a guy that we we believe in. Uh, he needs to go deep into the game and the the matchups, although he has struggled against lefties. You know, we felt like you, know, you get those guys and then we get Barnsley with one or two outs and get that out and get him out of there, but it didn't happen. You know, and then you know, we were in a bad situation there. Barnsley did everything he could, but it's tough. You know, he pitched two yesterday, so then Waldy did what he did and, uh, and gave us a chance to win.
1: As good as Rodriguez has been, and you guys have been happy that he's going deeper in the game, what do you see with the third time through the order and why maybe guys are starting to hit him much better in that? No,
3: I position? mean, I think today so. it was just, you know, we got a weak ground ball in the middle and then doubled down the line and then he hit the next guy. It wasn't like he got yeah. hit hard. So you uh, know, he made some good pitches in the previous inning and, and the order was there for us, you know, and uh, we were... Like, <clears throat> the leadoff guy was going to be the last hitter anyways. You know, we were going to a righty, but um, he wasn't able to finish it. But I think overall, you know, you you look at the line, obviously it looks ugly, but he pitched a lot better than that. He just that that, that inning wasn't good. That's was about it. How, how was it to have a guy
2: like a
3: showing the swinging up? I mean, <clears throat> at this level, you don't want contact late in games, let's be honest, you know. Uh, you saw Ward, the last hitter, you know, it was uh, kill, breaking ball from pitch one. And you don't want to say if you walk walking, you're walking, but you're not going to give in. And then Waldy with uh, Tapia, the first hitter, it was kill, slider, slider until he swings and misses, or you walk him. That's the way it is. That's the way it works at this level now. That's why everybody likes bullpens. Um, you don't want contact. You know, if, if there's contact, it's a fly ball or weak ground ball. You know, there's not, like, try to induce him into a double play. And uh, his stuff is playing great at this level right now. You know, the slider is good, the cutter is good, the fastball up is great. And he uh, <clears throat> was amazing today. We put him in a situation, you know, had leverage one tight game, and and he gave us more than enough for us to have a chance to win the game. Reason to ask
1: you about anybody? I'm sorry. We, we always have reason to ask you about anybody other than
0: JD after these games. But he's seemingly getting locked in here. What are you seeing from him the last few days? Driving
3: the world to right center. Um, you know, for a while there, I, I think he hit a few fly balls here early, early in, in the season. That you know, in the summer they're gone. So, um, but lately he's he's been more disciplined in the strike zone. Obviously, he's getting pitches in. He's zone and he's not missing him, uh, but at the same time, you know, he's working the count and getting to those those, uh, those counts to take advantage of that. Um, it's always good when the the other two guys get on base. Uh, that was that was good to see. You know, I think that's the first time that those two guys got probably back-to-back hits in the first inning. You know, this whole season, but uh, you know, when he has traffic in front of him, you know, he he goes the other way. He, you know, is. It's amazing what he does on a nightly basis, you know, because uh, I bet, you know, when when you come here, you're like, you don't want that guy to beat you. But at the same time, you know, you still have to pitch him and, and when he gets his pitches, he's not missing them lately. Only two pitches there in the 10th. How important is that aggressiveness? You know, two first pitch swings and, and pitches in the zone. Um, and you don't get too many of those, especially late in games. Um, we got some. You know, Rafi, the one hit. I don't, I don't, when he hit that ball, I thought it was gone. But, uh, you know, when with when with the stuff that bullpens are showing, you know, when you get pitches ahead, you know, you, you don't want to miss them. And, and we didn't miss those two in the last inning.
1: That is the manager and no game on Thursday. Getting ready now for the Astros. Garrett Cole against Rick Porcello on Friday night. So far, those guys are combined seven and seven. The RA of around four and a half. That can only get better. Uh, Quick minor league spotlight for you. Brian Johnson has started his rehab assignment at AAA. He's capped at 30 days. Brock Holt is going to have 20 days on his now right eye slash right shoulder situation. And a little shout out to Jaron Duran. The kid out of Long Beach State, seventh-round pick in uh, 2018, last year, leads all the minor leagues in batting average. He's beyond Ted Williams. He's at 409 at last check. That's uh, that's worthy of inclusion. On the podcast, it's called Socks Daily, and if you haven't subscribed yet, please do. Go ahead and, uh, and rate it, if you wouldn't mind. Uh, if you do have the iTunes thing going, give it the five uber stars, if you'd be so kind. Write a nifty little uh, summation of why you like it or whatever, and uh, maybe that will encourage more people to be tuning in i think we're doing pretty well so far but the more we can spread the gospel uh, let people know what this thing is out there that would be very very cool so thank you in advance and the red Sox, thank you walking it off just shy of four hours uh six runs 13 hits no errors 5 11 and 0 for the coloradans the uh most rectangular state in the union this is josh i'll talk to you later bye-bye